This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. An abdominal aortic aneurysm is no laughing matter. Like a balloon blown up too much, an aneurysm could rupture or pop, which is a potentially fatal situation. However, there is a procedure used to treat these types of aneurysms called an endovascular aneurysm repair. And here to help us understand more about this repair is Dr. Sarah Anari, a vascular surgeon with Dignity Health. Dr. Anari, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me, Bill. You bet. So, Dr. Anari, how are most aneurysms discovered? Isn't it after they rupture? Thankfully, more recently, that's not how they're discovered. In the past, that is how they were eventually discovered, and the mortality was over 80%. However, with the fact that we know what the risk factors for abdominal aortic aneurysms are now, we have screening programs, and we know who to check for aneurysms. So with just a simple ultrasound of the belly, you can figure out if a patient has an aneurysm, and then you can follow them and make sure that when they get to the point that they're at risk for rupture, they're repaired prior to rupture. So when you say we know who to check for an aneurysm, who is that person? Who is at risk for this? How do you know that? People who are at risk for the aorta ballooning or enlarging are mainly smokers, males, people who have high blood pressure, Genetics play a role as well. So if you have a family history, it's also very important to be screened. All right, very good. So let's dig into this endovascular aneurysm repair, or EVAR as it's known. What can you tell us about this procedure? So EVAR is endovascular aortic repair or abdominal aortic repair. Um, When an aorta, which is the largest blood vessel in our body, um, enlarges or balloons up, it's called an aneurysm. And with an endovascular aortic repair, or EVAR, it's a minimally invasive surgery to actually repair the aorta. Normally, the aorta is less than 3 centimeters. However, when the aorta enlarges or balloons up to 5 centimeters or more, the risk of rupture and death becomes exceedingly higher. Mm, All right, so you mentioned minimally invasive then. So the difference between an endovascular and an open procedure, it sounds like with an open procedure, it would be, you know, major surgery. And then with the endovascular procedure, it's minimally invasive. Is that right? Or what else can you tell us about the difference between the two? Yes, the difference between an open repair and an endovascular repair is the invasiveness of the procedure. An open repair requires a very large incision, pretty much from your sternum all the way down past your belly button, and the incision requires over a week of hospital stay. Um, It's a longer procedure, whereas an endovascular repair can be done through two small incisions in the groin and usually just a one-night stay in the hospital. That is amazing. So I would imagine someone has to have specialized training for this. Who can perform this procedure? So procedures on all blood vessels in the body, um, other than the ones in the heart and the brain, are performed by vascular surgeons. So it requires extensive training to become uh, board-certified vascular surgeons, and these are the surgeons that can and perform the surgeries on these blood vessels. So who is a good candidate, then, for the EVAR procedure? A person who's a good candidate is someone whose aorta has ballooned up to greater than 5 centimeters. Once the, once the aorta is greater than four centimeters, it's very important for them to be closely monitored by a vascular surgeon because there's certain characteristics of the type of ballooning that would require intervention even sooner. However, once it reaches five centimeters or larger, the risk of death from the rupture outweighs the risk of undergoing surgery. And then how do you determine who is a good candidate for minimally invasive and then who would still need an open procedure? 
Hospital candidates for minimally invasive, again, depend on the characteristics of the aorta. The aneurysmal portion is usually just below the blood vessels that feed our kidneys, called the renal artery. If there's enough normal aorta above the, um, below the renal arteries, we need at least 15 centimeters, or I'm sorry, 1.5 centimeters, 15 millimeters, in order to repair it endovascularly. So if the patient has these characteristics, they can undergo just a straightforward endovascular aortic repair. However, if they do not have these characteristics, we actually have advances in the stent grafts we use, and we can manufacture a stent graft specifically for that patient's anatomy. By using a CT scan and 3D modeling, we build a graft and actually use it in patients. So anyone with an abdominal aortic aneurysm usually undergo an endovascular aortic repair. Gotcha. Very interesting. So on a comparison basis, what do you do more of, the endovascular repair or the open repair? We do more endovascular repairs now, which has caused a great um, increase in the number of patients that we can actually treat because a open repair, like I had mentioned earlier, still requires extensive general anesthesia and longer stays. Therefore, patients who have more comorbidities or heart issues and lung issues don't do too well from an aneurysm repair that requires a large incision and a long stay in the hospital. So thankfully, with these advancements in technology, we've been able to actually treat more patients. And more recently, we're doing more of the endovascular repair than open repair. Gotcha. So as far as the aneurysm itself goes, are all aneurysms suitable for the endovascular aneurysm repair? Yes, as long as they're not involving the blood vessels that feed the kidneys or the intestines, they are suitable. Hence, probably why you're doing more of the endovascular repair procedures then, is that right? Yes. All right, Dr. Henri, is there anything else we should know about an aortic aneurysm in the EVAR procedure? What we should know about aortic aneurysms is that people who smoke are at risk. In addition, if you have a genetic factor, if you had a mother, father, uncle, or aunt who had um, an aortic aneurysm, it's important to see a vascular surgeon and to actually get an ultrasound and see if you are at risk. Um, that way, we avoid the rupture. So if we know about it well before it reaches the point of rupture, it can be repaired. And any kind of surgery is nerve-wracking, and um, it's important to know that an endovascular aortic repair now with the technology we have is just a one-night stay in the hospital. And it's more important to be able to be know which patients are at risk. So if anybody does feel as though they're at risk, they should have an aortic um, ultrasound in order to evaluate the size of their aorta. It's really interesting. So if someone is concerned about this, should they ask their physician about the screening and ask for the screening? Yes, they definitely should. And it's a matter of going through an ultrasound then? Is that how you find this? Yes, it's just about a 20-minute ultrasound of the abdomen. It doesn't hurt. Um, it's just like the ultrasound they would do if the female is pregnant. You just put a probe on your stomach, and then we're able to measure the aorta in that way. And I'm sure that gives people peace of mind then, knowing it's an easy way to find out. Yes, definitely. Dr. Anari, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. We appreciate it. And for more information about this aneurysm repair, please visit DignityHealth.org slash Bakersfield. That's DignityHealth.org slash Bakersfield. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.